Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for hitting that play button so you can listen to the Hetty Coleman Show. It's Teacher Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Teacher Tuesday, and I have a great conversation with Taylor Upchurch. And Taylor is a school teacher at Putnam City North here in the great state of Oklahoma. And as you know, I enjoy sharing the stories of teachers, and I feel like I get the best opportunity to get their story out there by just sitting down and just having a conversation with them. And I'm so glad that Taylor Upchurch has been willing to sit down with me. I've known Taylor for a few years now, great guy, passionate about his students, invest in them. Uh, pours into them because he wants to see them live out their greatest story. So with no further ado, here's my man, Taylor Upchurch for Teacher Tuesday. Hey, Taylor, so just give me your 120-second story, if you don't mind. I'm from Western Oklahoma, Woodward, Oklahoma. Um, I born and raised there, and so I'm an Oklahoma boy at heart. And I went to OSU to um, go to school. I, I wasn't sure what for when I first got there, but um, I think being an athlete growing up, I kind of had this jock mentality still in college, and decided uh, why not be a coach and got into education field and. Graduated from college in 2006 and had a job fair in Stillwater. I found Putnam City Schools and have been working there for 12 years since. So um, I'm married, no kids, been married to my high school sweetheart for 12 years now. So wow. it's kind of kind of nice. So what, what was it like when you proposed to her? Because you're already high school sweethearts, mm-hmm. right? And so you all been together forever. Like, how do you surprise somebody <laughs> with a proposal? Or do you? I don't know. What does that look like? <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was much a surprise. I I wasn't really prepared to, to propose yeah. at first. Um, my brother was in the military, and he came home from Iraq and was like, what do you want for Christmas? No, nah, I don't want anything. I'm saving money for a ring. And he said, well, why don't we go buy a ring right now? I'll give you a loan for, for your Christmas present. Oh, wow. And then that kind of like forced me into going ahead and buying a ring and proposing. So, I mean, I knew I was prepared. I knew I wanted to marry her, but um, it, the timing was kind of forced. But yeah, um, kind of a funny proposal that I wanted to propose to her at the ice skating rink at downtown Oklahoma City. And okay. We get down there, skating around, have a ring in my pocket, and some dude asked me to take a picture of he and his girlfriend it's like okay i'll do that and then he whispers in my ear as we're skating over there just keep taking pictures i'm gonna ask her to marry me and like totally stole my idea (laughs) get out of here so the same night that you're gonna ask your girlfriend to marry you you go to the ice skating rink and somebody else asks you to take pictures (laughs) (laughs) how good is that so so what did you do i took pictures and then i couldn't i couldn't yeah, do yeah, the I've, same thing. <laughs> so then I, well, let's get on a carriage ride and take uh-huh. a carriage ride. And she was 
cold and didn't want to do that. And uh-huh. So we go to Quell Springs Mall. Let's go watch a movie. And I'm thinking, I can't watch a movie two and a half hours with a ring in my pocket. I was, I was kind of over it. So we leave Quell Springs Mall to drive back to Stillwater. And I, I was like, I'm not leaving Oklahoma City without asking her to marry me. So I propose in the JCPenney's parking lot. <laughs> all the setup, So romantic. All the romance. So romantic. <laughs> so when did you, the two of you, when did you tell her that story? Um, I mean, after I proposed. Okay. On the ride home, I was like, I had all this set up. Yeah. And this happened. Because she's watching you take pictures. Oh, yeah. And she knows kind of what's going on, I'm assuming. Yeah. So then you're like, you know what? That's what I was... That's what we were supposed to do tonight. Exactly. And you couldn't hold out for another. No. You Makes for a better to... story though, right? Oh my goodness. It's a great story. <laughs> you won on the story for sure. Like that guy's story is not like your story for sure. That's good. So was she surprised though that you asked her at that moment or was she already kind of expecting it? I think she was surprised um, still. You know, yeah. I don't think she was thinking. I mean, we, we still had a year and a half to go in college. And, uh-huh. Thinking maybe after we got done with college, we would get married. But I think she was surprised on the timing, but knew we were going to get married ultimately. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So growing up in Woodward, 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 I can't even talk. Yeah. What was it like? Um, I liked growing up there, small town feel, and, and you knew everybody. And um, I don't know, it, it had a good community feel to it. It was far away from everything. Now that I live in Oklahoma City, I I don't know that I'd go back. Yeah. Um, it's just too convenient where I'm at now, and I feel like I've got everything around me. And yeah, so. but it's grown quite a bit. Like there's quite there's some stuff in in Woodward. Um, I think as far as population goes, it's about the same. Um, oh, they've it? built some things out there, but. It's all an oil-filled town, so okay. However, okay. the oil is that's how the town. That's how is. the town goes. Yeah. So. so we're in Guthrie, uh, America, right now, and you know Guthrie and Woodward. We have a thing, a football thing. Like they they've played each other a few times. Yeah, they sure. play. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was growing up in Guthrie, uh, they weren't Carl Albert for us, mm-hmm. but uh, there was a little dislike for. Woodward, you know. Sure. Uh, but I don't think you all were as good. They were pretty good this year. Really? Yeah. Um, I want to say they made the state. I may be completely wrong. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure they did. I think they beat us. Okay. And uh, I think you all end up going to state. I don't sure. know. Yeah, you don't even keep I up with you. I haven't followed them. You're just done. Like, is there any family still lives there? <laughs> my grandma still lives there. Okay. My in-laws live there, but. Oh, your in-laws are there? So uh-huh. that means you have to go down there yeah, sometimes. We go every once in a while, but I don't pick up a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, and see what's going on. You don't ask about it. I guess that's the difference between uh, you and me. It's like I'm still in my town that I grew up in. So it's like football is still a real deal. We go on Friday night. We don't even have any kids playing, <laughs> and we still go on Friday night. So so you graduate high uh, college, going to education immediately? Mm-hmm. This is my first job. Um, I'd actually signed a contract. Another crazy story, maybe. My teacher friends don't want to know this one, but um, signed a contract, Putnam City Schools, ended up making a D in genetics my last semester. I had to retake genetics that, that summer. I had already scheduled a wedding, already scheduled a honeymoon, and 
didn't really tell Putnam City Schools that I needed to retake a class <laughs> to graduate. Uh, but I did it, made a B, and went to work that August. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So you said because you had already signed the contract and they didn't know that you had to retake. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a cousin who went to the University of Oklahoma uh, without a diploma. So she went to enroll, and she still needed to take a history class in order to get her diploma. Oh, wow. And so she told them that, I don't know how it happened, but she told them that she was going to go back and get her, her history, take the class mm-hmm. or whatever. And, uh, but no, she never, she doesn't, to this day, she did not graduate high school, but she has. But has a degree at OU. She has a degree at OU, and then she has a master's from, what is the school over in London? Like, people go to. Uh, is Cambridge or? Oh, man, no. Um, one of those fancy business schools. Mm-hmm. So she went over there. She has that. So, I mean, she's good to go now, but we always tease her about that. And so <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, it's it's amazing how those kind of things uh, slip through the cracks, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, But it's life, and it happens. So you go into education at Putnam City North. You're still at Putnam City North. You've been Correct. there how long now? This is year 12. Year 12. City. Yeah. What has changed from the first your first day arriving at, at PC North to today? Like, what are some things that has has stood out to you uh, over the years? Man, I think you know how I approach students has changed a whole lot. Yeah, I, I'm a lot more patient. I think a lot more relaxed than I was. Um, you know, going in as a, a first year teacher, second year teacher, you have all the energy in the world and you have this idea that I don't know a utopian world and um, not that I don't have that energy right now not that I'm not still excited to go to school but I think you're just kind of less jaded as a first year yeah. second year uh-huh. um, but as far as the school changing um, I think our school's changed quite a bit Putnam City North has since I've been there um, but students are students, kids are kids, yeah. doesn't matter background or anything like that. They're still coming to school with the same stuff and, um, same struggles and same, you know, excitement. And it's, it's, I don't think much has changed with students. Yeah. 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 So whenever you went in if originally, maybe your expectations different then versus now? I think so. I think so. I think expectations were way different um one coming from woodward like what i loved about putnam city and what i love about oklahoma city is like woodward's not very diverse i Mm -hmm. didn't grow up in a diverse community um and when you say diverse ethnic ethnicity or okay race wise like all my friends are white you know woodward and um go to college and kind of the same thing and then I go to Putnam City North, where it's very diverse um, racially and and from all over the world. Yeah. And we have students coming from overseas that English is their second language and mm-hmm. things like that. And at first, it was a culture shock to me. I mean, yeah. it was it was fun. Yeah. Because I like learning, but um, I definitely had to learn about other students and learn about other people's backgrounds and. Uh, that's why I like I, I like Putnam City North. I like the diversity of it, and I don't think you see that at a lot of schools. Um, yeah. I think we're one of the most diverse schools 
in Oklahoma City area. So, so whenever you think about uh, a diverse classroom, does it change the way you have to come in and teach? Yeah, absolutely. In what ways? Um, I think, you know, with I teach environmental science and just with my topic or if you're teaching history or English or anything else, you've got to find subject matter that appeals to all types of students um, and maybe some like culturally diverse information to give students because the stuff I was teaching 12 years ago may not be, I mean, it's had to have changed since, you know, since then. Yeah. I have to tie in um, things from other cultures so that students are interested in it. Yeah. Students um, are proud of their background and proud of where they came from. Yeah. That's good. Um, I never would have thought that PC North would be one of the more diverse. And it may have changed since I was in school because it was not, I don't think it was a very diverse I don't think it probably school at was. That time. It has changed quite a bit, I think, uh, since then. But yeah, I, I think that's one of the, so I live here in Guthrie. It's not a, a very diverse community at mm-hmm. all. Um, but there's nothing like going to places where there's a whole bunch of different people from different backgrounds and cultures and just kind of watching those people mingle together. Like, I, I, I enjoy that. So I can only imagine being in a classroom with that, being a teacher and trying to make sure that you can relate. Yeah. Because that's how you win them over, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. what does it look like for you to be able to come into and, pra- and, and practically be able to accomplish that? You know? Because it seems like that would be challenging to me. I, I don't know. Like Like I said earlier, like, Kids are kids. They're all going to, they all have the same struggles. It doesn't, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't, it does matter what background they come from. There are different struggles within that. But when they come to school, they want the same thing. They, they desire the same attention. Um, they're, I don't know. I, I think as far as me as, as a teacher, I just kind of be, Somebody there to to high five them. Somebody yeah. there to encourage them. Yeah, and give them attention. Some of them don't get attention, and, and it doesn't matter what background or race or anything they come from. They all kind of are eager for that. So. The core things are the core things. Mm-hmm. Is what I, I think. I, I hear you saying like caring for them, loving on them, yep. listening to them, encouraging them. It doesn't matter where you're from. No. We all want that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, what made you want to get in? So I heard you talk about, you know, you went to college, you want to be a coach, and I guess you have to go into education. Was that like the uh, coaching was kind of the, the driving force behind that for you? I think coaching was the driving force. Um, but after year two, three, maybe, I kind of realized that it's not what kept me in education. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not what's keeping me there now. Um, I still do coach. I still enjoy coaching. Um, but I see that the classroom and in the hallways and just being at a school as a whole is way more important than, yeah. you know, winning a game again. Cause I, I think in college you have this mindset, Oh, you still want to go win. You still want to go compete and things like that. And that's probably what drove me into education. Yeah. But now I can see it's kind of like education's bigger than that. And, yeah. And, the school and students who aren't athletes or, you know, school as a whole is bigger than just one sport. So. Yeah. 
That's good. Are there any teachers that you can think of right now, or and who are some of the teachers, or who was that teacher for you that may have made one of the biggest differences uh, for you when you were growing up? Um, I'm like the superintendent of Woodward Public Schools now, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Kyle Reynolds. He he was my freshman English teacher, and I just kind of I think back often about teachers that um, I guess were quote unquote good teachers or teachers I enjoyed having, but. I think I like them in in high school for different reasons than what I see now out of them. Um, I kind of, as an adult, able to see how they lead and um, a lot through social media, how how they celebrate their kids and things like that. And so um, he was a big one through through high school. Um, now at, at school, there's definitely teachers that I look up to that. I've thought, oh man, I, I wish I wish I was a student in their class and, and got to go watch them. And what are some of those things that make you you say that about particular teachers? <clears throat> I don't. I think there's just a buzz around their classroom. Like kids come out of there excited, and mm-hmm. kids talk about, oh, what did we we did this in English class? Yeah, and, yeah. And you see some of the English teachers, and they're wearing different like outfits and costumes yeah. for a lesson they're giving yeah and i'm i think I, I would definitely be drawn to that yeah. and so um i mean one one teacher studies beowulf and turns the lights off and has candles and they make like cider and yeah read beowulf and i don't know yeah that's pretty cool you said you didn't get that when you were um i don't remember a, a lesson like that but yeah Maybe, maybe because there, there's some things people talk to me now, but like I don't remember that, but, <laughs> but maybe we did do that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we did do that. Now I'm sitting there thinking, and I feel like coaching is like teaching, like as a coach, because most of the coaches that I had, um, and this is the reason I, I have a pie, you know, an episode called Teacher Tuesday. Okay, is because um, the coaches that I most respect are this kind of goes back to the classroom as well, the teachers that I most respect. And it's because what you, you were saying earlier, like regardless of the room being diverse, they all need these core things to be loved, high five, be encouraged. Um, and I feel like that's what it was. It wasn't so much that the teacher taught me. Like I, can't, I can't remember a whole bunch of things that I can be like, man, I love that teacher because she taught me grammar or she taught me algebra. It's more like, Oh man, I love that teacher because I connected with them in a certain way. Absolutely, that really had nothing to do with, uh, with <laughs> school. Their subject matter. Yeah. yeah, subject matter. And, and so the reason I love to encourage teachers and and and, and highlight them is because there is not very many professions that you're going to get in the high school to be different. However many students, but let's just say elementary class, twenty five to thirty students now. Mm-hmm over 10 years and what is that 350 you know that you get to invest in and and get this opportunity to love and encourage and high five which oftentimes gives students the confidence to be like oh i can do anything Mm -hmm. like oh i can i can make it do this you know and uh and i feel like coaches and teachers so i feel like regardless if you coach on a football field in the classroom you still coach like Mm -hmm. i think it's more so you coaching and because so many like homeschool students I've learned this, like most of the students, I think at some point you just kind of begin to learn the, the subject matter on your own. Now you may have a teacher come and teach, but mm-hmm. oftentimes it's like, yeah, you can do this. Keep. They start figuring that on them because I'm like, 
you can you're a home school mom and she's like I I barely do anything. Yeah. The students start just kind of learning on their own and figuring it out. Uh but I don't know where I was going with that. But I feel like teachers and coaches like I think it's all the yeah, the same I mean, coaches as far as have the to encourage. I mean, coaches are out there. I I heard somebody say at the beginning of this year, uh, another coach in our district, and he was talking. He said, "We as coaches go through a practice and and say all we coach about, and not all we coach about. We're constantly talking about character and showing up to class and making good grades and doing the right thing." And that's what they get in trouble for. Our athletes get in trouble for those things. Yeah. But yet we spend two minutes in a practice actually talking about it. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time we're trying to learn a play or yeah. learn a skill or something like that. But we don't ever coach them about character and coach them about, you know, how to be a, a good citizen and yeah. things like that. But that's what we expect out of them. And so it's kind of, he was talking about changing your mindset and change your coaching philosophy and seeing how your your athletes um, respond to that, but I think that's the same in a classroom. Like, yeah, I, I teach environmental science. I hope that kids leave my class and think about the decisions they make and how it affects the world around them. But really, what I want them to do is like, I want to be able to be somebody who's patient with them, who can show grace to them when they do something wrong, um, who is like I love all the students equally and I don't have favorites and I you know I I want them to be able to leave high school and and maybe act that act that way a little bit you know or learn something about character from me so yeah Mm -hmm. that's good what would what would be your number one tip that you would give a new teacher um I mean, I, I kind of don't really have a tagline, but I, I kind of go with, um, you know, be patient, show grace. Yeah. Like, kids are going to mess up. Yeah. Kids are going to mess up over and over and over. Yeah. So you got to be patient with them and, yeah. and have grace for them that they're, they'll come around. Kids yeah. are going to be kids. But um, if you get stressed out over a little thing and or a, a one student that constantly doing the same thing over and over, your career is not going to last very yeah. long, so definitely have a lot of patience. That's good. What's that one moment since you're in your 12 years of teaching that kind of stands out to you? That may be a, te- a student calling you after they graduated, maybe something you saw a student go the extra mile, even though they didn't win state championship and cross. You know, like what is a moment that like has stood out to you? And I'm sure you've had a whole bunch. Just just hmm. share a couple with us if you want to. Definitely, like after. Uh, like teachers reap their their rewards after these kids graduate mm-hmm. and they shoot you an email or, or you know facebook message or something like that that's i get a lot of um good feels you know when somebody when i get one of those or um i have college kids come back and do a leadership retreat with us and they help out with the leadership retreat but just seeing them as adults and things that's kind of I like seeing them grow up. Yeah. Social media allows me to see that quite a bit and yeah. see all the cool things that they're, they're doing. And, um, I don't know. I think it was, um, I'm trying to think of one, you know, one specific moment. Yeah. But, 
None, just a lot of... Yeah, I'd probably get choked up if I thought <laughs> around. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Talk to us about the uh, your involvement with student council and, and the leadership stuff that you do. So I'm not the, the student council sponsor. Um, our student council sponsor at school, Brittany Phillips, um, she does a great job, but I definitely am involved in it and, and go help as much as possible. Um, I am the sponsor for a group called leadership development institute okay LDI. two different things so it's two different things uh, student council you know is one group but then ldi our retreat is open to all students and you don't have to be involved in student council um, we try to pull leaders from all the different clubs and nhs and band and swim team and whatever else it is um, to come to a weekend retreat and, and learn and so i organized that um this year we had 143 students go and 25 college kids came back to lead small oh, groups. Wow. Um, and then about 25 faculty members are there. And so I kind of coordinate all that and it's a, it's a good weekend. It's yeah. fun and, and we have guest speakers come back and talk to them. So... What is what is the uh, the goal for the weekend? Like, what what do you want the students to learn? You know, it's called leadership development, um, and I hope they do learn a little bit about how they are, they're able to lead, whether they're an out front leader, where they, whether they are the the worker bee that just does things and without any recognition. I want them to learn a little bit about themselves in that, and there's some activities that we do there that allow them to. Um, try to use those leadership skills or, or maybe um, hone in on what their leadership skill is. But really, when they come back to North, I want them to... It's a good time to get to know other students that yeah. you don't know before. Yeah. And, and um, maybe the name needs a change or whatnot. But I think it definitely um, allows students to see each other um as equals mm -hmm. a lot there mm -hmm. you know at a camp you get away from school you your phone doesn't work where we go we're yeah. down in a canyon and yeah and they're able to kind of see each other who they are and, yeah. and maybe they have the same struggles maybe they have a similar home life or whatever else and they're they're able to appreciate each other more and hopefully that goes back to to putnam city north and and makes it more of a community feel at the yeah. school that they can, you know, see that in other people in the hallways and in the lunchrooms and things. So that's good. What is uh you got any tips on on putting together events, retreats like that? Like what is something that you cause how long have you been doing that? Um this is my second year just to actually be the organizer. I've been heavily involved in that yeah. for about ten years now. But, yeah. Um as far as putting it together putting together events is hard like it's not no, it's not easy work, it's you know, not. to put together a good event takes a lot of work. So I didn't know if there's anything. I'm always trying to learn how to put together a better event. Or um, have a good team. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Number one. Uh, I've been like, I've been blessed with, with a couple of teachers that have definitely, that have done it in the past that are very helpful. Um, and then I always get student um, aides to come in and they're really the ones that, like think of the theme, design the t-shirts, think of the activities that we're doing, pick a, um, 
pick a nonprofit organization that we want to support and focus on. And, and they're doing a lot of that while I'm kind of filling out the purchase orders and, yeah. and making the behind the scenes stuff work. So, um, like they do a lot of the, they, yeah. do, they do a lot of work and maybe I'm training them to do that. Um, as far as planning, if you're the head of planning events, definitely have a good team behind you. Yeah, so. no, that's true. That, that would be the number one. <laughs> like if you can put together a good team of individuals and, and delegate well, I mean, it, it definitely becomes it, it becomes easier. So that's good. Do you have any routines as a teacher? Like when how you approach your day? Is there some routines that you have? Uh, I don't have any routines. I think as a teacher, if you've got routines, maybe um, I, I don't know. Like you've got to be flexible as a teacher. Yeah. And you may have a routine you think you've got, and you get to school and something happens and a kid needs to take this quiz and then you forget to do this and then I don't, I don't know that a routine would ever work yeah because you're I think a good teacher's constantly you know adjusting adjusting moving yeah. to what needs to be done next yeah and, and so I don't really have a routine do you have routines outside of the classroom like are in the morning do you have a routine before you get to school or are you pretty just Go with the flow. I'm just go with the flow. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. I want it for this podcast. Be like, yeah, this routine works. No, great uh, me, no, man, I, no. Don't try to make it up. I, I we can so... sense it if you make it up. Be like, he didn't have a routine. He... <laughs> I have. I like to get to school early, um, an hour, about an hour before a lot of people get there. Okay. Because if I don't, I'm too talkative and too sociable. Like. I got to be there by myself to get some stuff done. Yeah. Um, so I do like to get there early. So that's something. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Because if not, when people start rolling in, uh-huh. when other teachers roll in, you're done. I go stay in the hall and talk. <laughs> and they're probably thinking, "God, leave me alone." But yeah, I got to get there early. That's something. Turn out some music. That's... Do you have a favorite uh, school supply or? or something that you use in the classroom like a go-to pen pencil my favorite pens are they're pilot g2 minis okay like a gel pen but they're about half the length as a regular you can keep pen. in your pocket oh man it's so good yeah yeah it's, it's the best um but i don't know that's that's probably my favorite school supply okay i like sticky notes a lot too because i i'm definitely i need to make a list and cross some things off I don't make lists and I kind of forget what I need to do yeah. so it, it allows me to okay you accomplish that today uh-huh. accomplish that and then toss it in the trash can you're so, done with it yeah so no apps or anything like that um for I your to-do list you don't no, have okay no. so it's all sticky notes or I'm do you journal a sticky note kind of guy no okay no, okay don't journal much I mean I I've been teaching um for 12 years and you know, I started off having a planning notebook. And yeah. Uh-huh. Have what I'm going to do each day and what the next lesson's going to be. And after about five years, I haven't done one of those. So <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Just, you just kind of, you just know it. You mm-hmm. just come in and you know it. Yeah. I, I have the ideas in my head. I know where we're going. I know what activities kind of we need to do. And what's good about my subject is that there's something good in the news every day about it. And so, yeah. Um, we can definitely pull current events in, so I just kind of go good. with it. I don't know. So, last question. 
If you had one social media post, hold on a second before I ask you this question, so I can start right back. Okay. All right. So last question: If you had one social media post that all of the world could see, like everybody on social media is going to see this one post across all platforms, what would that post be? Hmm. That's tough. I don't know. Like it would definitely be something celebrating somebody else, celebrating a student. Mm -hmm. They did something good, or or um, celebrating another teacher. Um, kind of. I think, you know, I, I'm starting. I started classes last year for administration. Um, I'm hoping to be a principal next year. Or, oh, okay. Or in the future. Um, so you'll be done this semester. Yeah, I'll be done in June. Okay. And so my goal is to become an administrator and. and I think a big portion of administration is kind of like building up your teachers, building yeah. up because then it trickles down to the students yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. And, um, so I definitely think the post will be building up somebody else. And, That's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you. So wait, I, I, what does your wife do? She's a radiology technician at McBride. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think she was, I think I knew that, but I, I just wanted to ask. I didn't think she was a teacher. So yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for hanging out with me in Guthrie, America. Thanks for having me, man. Coming down and making the truck, <laughs> man. So uh, I look forward to uh, getting your story out there. I always enjoy spending time with you. I love the work that you do, and I continue to invest in those students. So Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another Teacher Tuesday episode uh, on the Hetty Coleman Show. And as always... And as always, ladies and gentlemen, go win.